0: Welcome to the Service Industry Podcast. Here, you'll learn ways to grow and scale your business, marketing strategies, and a step by step plan from people who have done what you're trying to do. You deserve success and freedom of your time. Now, here's your host, Matt Smith.
1: What's going on, everybody? Matt here from the Service Industry Podcast. And today, I have a special guest, Ricky Carruth. Uh, Ricky, we just met, I know, but I've been following you for a long time uh, on Instagram and Facebook, and I was super excited that she said yes to be on the show. So, how you doing?
0: I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, obviously, you're a real estate agent, and uh, a lot of our followers here are, you know, service business owners. Um, but there's a, a good translation here of kind of what we want to dive into today. We'll get into it a little bit later, but this whole kind of podcast is going to be about building relationships because it's what you're best at. It's kind of, it's kind of what your, your whole message is, right? Right. So tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, maybe how you got into real estate. Um, you know, how long you've been in it, how'd you get started, all that kind of stuff.
0: Well, um, thanks for reaching out and following me and all that good stuff. Um, I appreciate that. I, um, I grew up on the Gulf coast um in gulf shores alabama went to gulf shores elementary um grew up roofing houses with my father um got in real estate when i was 20 after i failed a history class at alabama Um, went to four different colleges in two years and realized that real estate was one class you know not Uh a four-year or ten-year college you know uh situation it was one class to get your license and get going so that was very attractive so i jumped in there I'm really good at spotting things that are efficient, so the one-class thing seemed really efficient to me.
1: <laughs> okay. Um,
0: so that's kind of what got me in. Also, down here on the coast, it's a small town, so there's not a lot of options. You know, there's not like big buildings full of lawyers or Wall Street or anything. You know, like you, you know, you're you're either a restaurant owner, or a contractor, or a realtor. You know, there's only a couple of professions that are really where you can take it to the you know, sky's the limit. Yep. So that's how I got in, um, so I got in at 20 years old. It was 2002, um, took me eight months to make my first sale. I uh, From there, um, I started making two a month. Uh, then the market boomed, like the market completely blew up. I made a yeah. million dollars by the time I'm 23. I, um, I lose it all in the crash. I go back to roofing houses. I even worked on an oil rig for a year. Um, during that time, I read about 100 books. I wanted to know why I failed and what and what I was gonna do to not only come back, but stay back. So in 2008, I got laid off the oil rig, got back in real estate, um, started crushing it on a small level, and then just did better and better every year. 2010, the oil spill, BP oil spill, hit our area pretty hard. Yep. It, it, it was in the Gulf, scared everybody off, scared all the renters off that year. Nobody knew what was gonna happen. And um, during that year, I kind of applied what I learned through the big crash. I made more money that year than I did the year before. And that was the year I realized I got this. And so from there, I had a complete confidence. I'm not worried about Marcus crashing or this or that or am I going to make it or am I going to stay on top? I figured it all. That was my aha moment. And then I just started crushing it. I came to Remax and the rest is kind of history, you know, I've just just every year better and better and better. And just trying to get better, and um, I think the biggest thing, like you said, was learning that it was about tra- uh, relationships over transactions. Um, before the crash, when I crashed and burned, I was more concentrated on the transaction, and that's you know I realized that relationships were far more valuable, and so I started I flipped it, and started concentrating on the relationship, and that's when everything changed. Yeah. So.
1: No, that's good. So, so let's backtrack a little bit because, uh, you know, a lot of those, a lot of the listeners today who aren't in real estate, they maybe don't, obviously everybody during, you know, the 2008 crash or whatever, they took a hit. Everybody felt it in some way, but man, real estate agents, probably one of the hardest, right?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, it's debatable. You know, everybody, like you said, everybody like the builders lost everything, you know, mortgage guys, uh, you know, like, uh, I guess the real estate industry as sure. a whole, um, they, yeah, definitely, I would say, maybe the hardest. I mean, stockbrokers, I mean, certain people in the, you know, the stock brokerage industry, they, you know, lost everything, you know? So I think it was a ripple effect, but it's, it, you know, real estate, I think, was the core um, of it. Uh, was the driver of it and uh, kind of rippled from there. So, yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah, and so, I mean, real estate, I, you probably know the stats better than I do, but it has a very high failure rate. Um, there's a ton of real estate agents out there I know, and, and every business really does have a high failure rate, but what is it about real estate that you think makes it so high?
0: Well, it's just such a its such a large learning curve. Like, it takes so long to really get it. Um, And it's such a lag business. Like what you do today may not pay you until for like a year or six months or thirty. Like if you get a contract, you're still thirty days out or more, thirty to sixty days out from getting paid. So not only do you have to get a contract, you have to figure out how to get a contract. You know that may take months to even figure out how to sell something or get a listing, and then you have to wait for the listing to sell or the contract to close. It's just such a lag business, extreme lag business. So, you know, a lot of people can't survive that first year of paying their bills through because everybody's kind of sold the dream that, you know, real estate, you're going to, you know, make tons of money. And, you know, a lot of people grow up working by the hour where they just paid to show up, where real estate's the opposite. You have to produce. Right. So I grew up roofing houses where I had to, I got paid based on how many shingles I laid, and so it was a good fit for me. I was already in that mindset of production equals money. Yeah. A lot of people just, uh, a lot of people grew up on the mindset that showing up equals money, and that just doesn't work. So it's just such a big learning curve, and there's a lot of, there's not really any training. There's some, but very little training that actually teaches you the core principles of what it takes to, to succeed long-term, which is relationships are more important than transactions. Most training is, is, is revolved around going after the deal, or closing the deal, or handling objections. And that's just, um, that's short-term thinking. Yeah. Um, you know, and so a combination of the large learning curve, how much of a lag business it is, and the, the mainstream training that teaches you how to go after the deal, um, that's why people that's why the failure rate's so big. When you go after the deal, people can smell that on you. You know, there's guys in my industry that calls that commission breath. Yep. Like people smell that and then now they don't want to do business with you ever because they put you in this category of just another agent trying to get a listing or trying to do a deal. Yep. Whereas if you're one of the few that actually comes at them as, I don't care if we do a deal, I'm just here to help you if you do want to do a deal now or later, you know, and actually help them do things and help them through their troubles, stuff that you don't have to do but you do to show that, they, that you care, then you're going to win people over long term and then they're going to be worth 10 to 20 deals to you over the life of your career sure. through, past, through repeat business and referrals. So there's a lot of there's a lot of bad training and it's such a lag business just a combination of all that
1: yeah it's really good and I hope everybody who's listening just heard what he said because it applies to every single business uh, people can literally smell when you're trying just to to make some money when you're trying just to score the deal rather than develop the relationship no matter what type of business you're in and so it's so valuable to stick to and so you said I think it was like year three or year four you made a million bucks in real estate what were you doing? In no, the... I didn't
0: make a meal, I, I made a meal over the course of, okay. like, I had a, like I had a meal saved up. Got it. Um, over the course of maybe three or four years of flipping properties. Yep. You know, like there was a lot of flipping going on during those times when things were going up, you know, 10% a month, 20% a month. Sure. Um, so, through real estate commissions and flipping properties that I was borrowing money to flip, That's how I got up to a million. The way I lost it was I was borrowing money to flip properties and I kept borrowing more and more money the deeper I got into the game. And then when the market turned, I owed a million and a half in debt that I couldn't pay. And so then all the cash that I had saved up, I used it to pay the note as long as I could because I thought it was gonna be a temporary um, slowdown. Um, And it ended up being a long-term slowdown. you know it ate up all my capital and then here I am sitting with nothing yeah you know? so it was it was rough I uh, was down to you know I' foreclosed I bankrupt uh, all I had was my cell phone bill that was the only thing and, and I paid my my uh, real estate dues like to uh, keep my license active yep um, I just paid the dues and my real estate like I didn't have anything else I slept on friends couches I Stayed with mom. I worked on the oil rig. That The oil rig was cool because it gave me a place to live for yeah. a week. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, you know, I didn't have a power bill. Um, you know, I didn't have car insurance. You know, I didn't uh, had this, like, uh, really beater car that was had dents all in it. The passenger door would not open. The brake lights didn't work. The radio didn't work. I had a boom box in the back, in the back seat that I, like, used to listen to music and stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was wild
1: yeah, so you go from doing, I mean, pretty well, especially at your age. To, I mean, what felt like probably overnight to nothing, yeah. right? Yeah. So you kind of you get out of the the real estate game for a short period of time. So you you get back in. What does that look like? What do you what do you do different? What's your mindset? You know, compared to how it was before.
0: My mindset, my mindset was I saw all these other agents that were representing banks on foreclosures making like 30, 40 grand a month. And I'd missed the train on those because they had already made the relationships and that train had kind of sailed, or that ship had sailed. So I, I said, you know what, I'm gonna beat these guys because they don't answer their phone. And I said, I said, I'm going to represent the buyers of these foreclosures, right? I'm gonna go out there and find the people that wanna buy these foreclosures. Yep. And I'm gonna develop lifelong relationships with these people. And then when they decide to sell that property because prices went up, I'm going to be the listing agent, and then they're going to buy something else, I'll be the selling agent, and then they'll refer everybody they know to me. And so I said, I looked at the long, I was thinking long term, I switched my mindset from short to long term. So I came back in thinking, okay, I got to find buyers for these foreclosures so that I can start developing these lifelong relationships, and when foreclosures go away, these foreclosure agents are going to be out of business. Yeah they're not trying to develop any relationships and I'm going to end up winning. And so that was kind of my mindset coming back. As soon as I sold a couple foreclosures and, you know, made a couple sales where I had some financial stability in real estate, then I was able to actually take the time I needed to start going after listings. So my first goal was to get to 15 listings. Um, so I just started working towards it, you know, cold calling and sending out letters and postcards and doing my thing. So Yep. That's kind of what it looked like. I would spend, uh, when I started doing that, I would spend all night uh, searching 100 numbers. It would take me all night, because I did it through whitepages.com and all those, <laughs> Bigfoot and all that. And then uh, and then I would, it would take me all day to call 100 numbers, dialing in with my finger. So that's what I did for two years when I came back um, every day. And so nowadays, you can actually... With Red X Geo Leads, you can find all the numbers you need in a click of a mouse, and yep. then click one button and start calling them three at a time. You can call a hundred. You can look up and call a hundred people in an hour and a half, which used to take me fifteen hours to do yep. the same thing. So it's pretty, it, it's pretty interesting times for new agents, and it's amazing to me how many people aren't taking advantage of things like this. Sure. You know?
1: Yeah. So, so really. Long-term thinking was kind of the the whole mindset shift. And I think that's a problem, you probably agree with me, most people have, because it's hard. It takes a special person to say, like, what I'm doing right now may not pay off for even five or ten years, right? Um, But that's kind of what it takes to win in business long-term to build a a legit company. And so, Mitch, my business partner, one day he tags me in one of your posts, I think on Instagram, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I saw you and I'm like, oh, man, just another business coach, right? And then I, yeah. I kind of just went on to the next thing and, and forgot. I don't know if you retargeted me on Facebook or wherever it was, but you started popping up everywhere, of course. And then I start to hear your message of exactly what we're talking about, you know, relationships over the transaction. And so let's dive into to social media because from what I understand, it wasn't all that long ago that you kind of got started with it, right?
0: I started social media probably now. It's actually probably been a year and I've, last January, so almost year and a half now.
1: Okay, and so what does that look like? Has that affected your real estate business, or is there other ventures you're trying to dive into with that, or, or, or kind of I guess go over that a little bit?
0: Well, I'm just trying to learn it. You know, I'm really new at social media, and so I'm just throwing I'm just throwing so much stuff out there to try to figure it out. You know. Um, so I didn't use social media at all for my real estate business. You know, I did a million dollars last year, zero social media, all just relationships that I built over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote two books, I started speaking and all that. So I had to get on social media to grow that business, the coaching business, which is free by the way. I don't charge anything to coach. Yep. Of course, I don't do any one-on-one coaching. I just do kind of group coaching and uh you know just share everything i know everywhere um for nothing um so i'm just trying to build a nice following and so that i can actually help the industry i want to reduce that failure rate you were talking about earlier um and you know i'll make money in the long term it's another long-term play so basically getting into social media to grow that um I kind of learned the ropes, I guess, if you will. Um, And then I said, man, look at all this cool stuff you can do with social media. I'm gonna do this with my real estate business. Yeah. So I started applying a lot of stuff I was learning in the coaching business on social media in my real estate business. And I'm just using it to build a better brand. I'm just going deeper with the brand um, of me. Um, I'm not really trying to convert or get new clients or um you know get sales off of off of social media i just want to build brand where people know i'm everywhere um so i get people here and there uh you know that are like man you know yeah i see i see your facebook i see your emails i see your this i see your instagram i see all your stuff and it's kind of something that um plays a part in their decision to use me as their agent. Um, you know, branding and marketing is, is not a one-dimensional thing. It's it's a it's a big puzzle, you know. Yep. Um you know, you gotta put all the pieces together. You know, people see me on social media and then they see my emails and they get a phone call from me and then they see my signs around town, you know, they see this, they see that. Um, it's a combination of all that that wins them over. Not yeah. necessarily, I, mean, you know I mean? Yeah, there might be some people that just saw a Facebook ad and then boom, you get a deal. But, you know, long term, it's going to be a combination of all those things that win them over and, and kind of you prove your uh, dominance, you know, in your market, uh, you know, is from doing all of it. Totally. So I think agents should be more, Oh, I think they should uh, be more open-minded to you know doing doing several things. You know, Facebook and Instagram is great because you can do an ad that runs for two weeks and forget about it, and you're 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 everywhere, you know, while you're doing other things. Yeah. So if you do things like that, where you're out there and you don't you know, or you're not spending any time with it, you know, that's big. Yeah. So that's what social media is to me. It's a way to to be out there even when I'm sleeping. When I'm sleeping, people are you know scrolling through their feed and they see me and I'm asleep you know so
1: totally and it's I think it's powerful what you said like not like Facebook ads they work for you right like you've probably got some sales from it but like that's not the point The point of Facebook is to build a brand and so everybody recognizes you, everybody knows you. And I think too many people are in the mindset of possibly like, hey, every dollar I spend on marketing, it has to bring me clients. Like I have to get an instant return from it. But I think that's short-term thinking as well. I think if you can prove yourself to be a company that's uh, stable and not going anywhere, and by doing that, you're everywhere, right? And so, so you can understand the idea of, hey, I'm willing to pay for Facebook ads even if I don't get people that are calling me off my Facebook ads because I know maybe they're seeing a postcard. Uh, You know, maybe they're seeing one of my for sale signs in the front yard. And the combination of all those things together is really what's going to create a client down the road, not just one marketing avenue. Right, So, Yeah, that's really good. Um, What is your thought about, you know, real estate is probably one of the most competitive industries, at least here in Michigan, in our county, I think we have like a couple thousand realtors and we're in a pretty small town. Um, Mm -hmm. But every business has competitors. So let's talk about maybe some of the things that you do to maybe stand out against them. Um, Mm -hmm. Because in real estate, it can be kind of tough, right?
0: It seems like as a new agent, it looks like this huge mountain you have to climb. You know, like how do you stand out amongst all the other agents? Number one, and then all the good agents that have built such a huge brand in the area. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like a, it looks like a mountain. It looks like you're there's no way to climb it. Um, but in reality, you have a huge advantage over those seasoned agents because you have time on your hands that they don't have. You have time to research the market. Like a lot of agent, a lot of newer, uh, experienced agents like me. Like I don't have a lot of time to come in and like start researching the market. I've got calls I need to return and like people that want to sign stuff and like people I need to set up showings for and Mm -hmm. you know so many things I have to organize and like studying the market when I was new was was like my main thing. I come right into the office. I'm studying the market. I know exactly every little thing that's going under contract, closed, new listing. I know it all. Now I'm not as much in the loop because I'm too busy um, servicing. My clients. yeah, um, And they kind of come first. And so it's kind of a reverse engineer. Like I, I look at the market as my clients need stuff, you know, to let them know what's going on. You know, But if they ask me something, I got to look it up real quick. Whereas a new agent might know all that stuff right off the top of their head because they have time to actually watch the market every day because they don't have any clients yet. Yeah. So I think a big advantage new agents have to stand out is to be that agent that brings that fresh market information to the general public the quickest. Hmm. Um, like when things, are, uh, when things just go under contract or just sell that day, well, if you're there at eight o'clock and you pull it up and it's clo- it just closed yesterday, nobody knows about it except yeah. for the people that were involved—the buyer, the seller, the agent. You know, those are the really the only people. You know, unless the agent that sold it or whatever you know has already done a little bit of marketing on it or something, but but really nobody really knows. And you could be the first agent to get that message out that that property sold or went under contract or new list newly listed. And you could be kind of known as the person that that gets information out the quick quicker than any other agent. Because yeah. you actually have time to do that. That's one thing is that I want agents to get is that you have an advantage over other agents. Another thing is is when you're doing a deal, you can tell your client, say, look, you want me as a new agent because you're the only deal I got. Yeah. I'm gonna everything I got and you're I'm gonna be working on your deal. Eight hours a day, seven days a week. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, whereas an agent that has 20 deals a month can't put eight hours. You know what I mean? That's so, good.
1: Yeah, really so good. So that,
0: That's another thing. Um, and then you know, my one of my biggest things is is that your personality is different than everybody else. Hmm. So you're going to stand out. You're gonna you're gonna connect with people differently than anyone else. It's like a fingerprint. Like no one is going to connect with people like you. Mm-hmm. Period. You're just your body language, your tone, your your mannerisms, your everything is different than everybody else, and so people are going to react to you and your personality differently than anyone else. So use it. You yeah. know, don't don't be like this is where the mainstream coaching really, I think, lets us down um, because they're teaching people this cookie cutter. This is what you say. This is how you say it. This is what you do, and you know it. I'm teaching people how to actually line up who they are as a person, that they care about people and want the best for their clients. I'm lining that up with how they're communicating.
1: You know, actually,
0: you you have to show them that you care. Um, You can't just go in there and say, "Hey, do you want to sell your house?" And you know, what if I could bring you a buyer today? All that's just normal everyday real estate talk and you're losing people with that. And you don't even realize it. You're going through the motions because that's what you were taught to do when, and you don't even know that it's turning people off but you keep doing it over and over and over again because you don't know anything else. Yeah. So that's why I'm trying to step up and create a big name by coaching for free um, so that I can get my message out there to more people that it's about it's not about do you want to sell your house it's about what can i do to help you and why do you want to sell your house
1: yeah no that's good that's good so i'll give you an example uh here in our town we have an agent that does close to 100 million a year he's got a big team probably of 20 or so people um yeah. but it's funny he, he actually just branched off and started his own uh brokerage but he was at a remax here and uh no agents in town even want to be associated with the same Remax that he's in because they're terrified of him, right? And it's to the point where he's dominating the market so much here, you know, in a small town, a hundred million dollar producer is kind of a big deal. And so he's dominating the market so much here that agents are literally like going to outside towns because they've just already given up, like there's no way they can win, right?
0: That's a horrible, that's a horrible mentality. Like an agent that is dominating a market that is a huge, huge opportunity, for a couple of reasons. A, all those realtors that aren't going to go after that because they're scared that he's already dominating everything. So therefore, there's less competition yeah. because all the agents are leaving, and so it's like when the market crashes, all the agents leave, but there's all this business there. Yeah, you know, the agents leave the business because they don't because they're scared or they don't realize. So within those communities. Right? There's a lot of owners who do not want to do business with that guy that's the top agent because mm-hmm. they don't like him they don't like him for whatever reason And so they're looking they're searching for an alternative yeah you know and so if you're the one that's gonna stay there and call all those owners and say what can I do to help you Do you have an agent in mind I would love the opportunity to stay in touch with you all the stuff that I say um, you're gonna find the people that don't want to deal with that agent that want to deal with just you, because of your personality, and you're not going to have any competition because everybody's leaving town to go do do other stuff because they're scared of this one guy, and you're going to sit here and clean up. You're going to get all the stuff that this guy can't capitalize on, and let me tell you, he cannot capitalize on 100% of anything. Nobody can. Yeah. It's 100% unlimited. The, this business is unlimited. You cannot call everybody. You, you cannot talk to every. There's only so many hours in a day. Yeah. so it's unlimited like that what you're telling me is a really good opportunity for somebody if they'll just step up to the plate and take my philosophy and go in there and start crushing it.
1: Yeah, no I love that. So, you go you'll go up against a guy like this and 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 everybody, this translates to any business. Okay? This is not just real estate. There's a bunch of large service companies out there that you're terrified to compete against. It just doesn't matter. There's so much work to be had that it translates to every business. So, you go up against a guy like this in a listing presentation, right? What does that look like? How how do you how do you Separate yourself, um, and I'm kind of going into real estate lingo here because I know a little bit about it. But uh, you know, the seller asked "How many houses have you sold?" Well, maybe you've only sold five houses this year, and this guy sold 200. You know, what what kind of things are you doing different in a real estate I'm gonna presentation?
0: Say, I'm going to say, look, he has 20 people on his team, right? They're going to say, "Yeah." I'm going to say, "Okay, well, how many do you think you're going to talk to through the course of the transaction?" There's probably a listing agent, and then there's a transaction coordinator, and then there's a a, buyer, a seller's agent, and then there's a tra- there's a you know, like you're going to talk to all these different people. You know, the right hand's not going to know what the left hand's doing, right? They're just trying to just, you're just another number to them, yep. right? I'm going to handle the whole deal from top to bottom. I'm going to be your contact. If something's wrong, you call me. If so, if you call that team, there's no telling who you're going to talk to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You may talk to whoever because there's so many people <laughs> going on. You know, I'm going to be on top of every little thing for you. So I think it's, it's you know, and... The thing is, is you're not gonna win everybody over. Yeah. Right? Like some people are not gonna want that. They're gonna want the team thing. They're gonna want they're gonna wanna deal with eight people at once. Some people are gonna just want that. But if I use my personality as my strength to win people over long term, I'm going to win. You know, like last year I did forty million dollars as a single agent with one assistant. This guy has 20 people doing a hundred million. Yeah. Divide a divide hundred up with 20 people and what do you have left? Not much. Not much. Right? So there's teams in my market. There's a guy that has like 20 people and did 50 million, 57 or something million last year. Um, Yeah, but he has 20 people. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take me 20 people to get to 50 million. Right? Because what I'm saying, I don't have all those different, you know, like I know what's going on with all of my deals. You know, and I'm going to make sure personally that everything goes the way it's supposed to go. And if it's not, I'm going to, I'm going to get in there and do the best I can do. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of room for error when you have so much production and so many people handling all this different, all these different parts of the transaction. There's just a lot of room for error and something to really mess up. And you know, that may build a bad reputation. Hey, things mess up with me too. So nobody's perfect. I'm just saying if I'm comparing the two that's one of the biggest points I'm going to bring across to them is that I'm going to, it's all me. Um, Also, I don't know what they do to sell your listing, but I'm going to take your property and I'm going to target other property owners who may have a smaller property or that might want to upgrade, or I'm going to figure out some way to target owners and I'm going to call them myself and see if they or anybody they know might be interested in your property. Yeah. So I think that, you know, when you, when you lay it out like that, I think that just let them make a decision. Maybe they choose you, maybe they don't. If they don't, that's fine. You don't have to spend any more time on that. You get all that future time back that you would have spent on that deal, and you can go do five more deals.
1: Yep. No, it's good. So you're just finding different angles. And I think that's it's scary to a lot of people for whatever reason. They're scared to go up against that big guy, whether it's a realtor, a plumbing company, whatever it is. Uh, but you're finding different angles, and you're creating value perceived value, whatever it is inside your business for people to see. Yeah, I like that a lot. It's really good. So I got one more question for you and this is a question I like to ask everybody. Um, and I kind of think I already know your answer, but how much of your success has been luck and how much of it has been, uh, attributed to hard work?
0: How much is luck?
1: How much has been luck and how much has been hard work? Cause I hear a lot of people say that, go ahead.
0: Well, none of it's been luck. I mean, I mean, what is luck? you know what i mean like luck is you know like luck i mean you know luck is working 15 hours a day for you know seven days a week for 15 years and then making a million dollars i mean you know i don't know um i don't i don't think that there's like i mean what's luck would be winning the lottery and for like 350 million that that would be luck you know um I think anything in there's no luck in business. Uh, yep. I think that there's decisions that you make that put yourself in certain situations that could end up really good, um, but you know it's not luck. I think the people that bought in on Facebook before it got big, that's not luck. They made that decision that they had a hunch that this was going to be something big, and they went they went with their gut, and they came out on top. So. You know, a lot of people would say that's luck, but no, they yeah. were actually in the right place at the right time and made the right decision, um, you know, to have that win. So,
1: yeah, I love that. Yeah, guys. So, if you're listening, there is no such thing as a short term success win. You, you got to play the long game, plain and simple. Any successful person you sure. talk to, Ricky, myself, anybody we interview on here, they all have the same message. It's all about long term thinking. And, until you can get out of that short-term mindset, you're never really going to be truly successful. So, Ricky, I want to thank you so much for being on today. Uh, I know there's tons of value in this podcast, and everybody that listens to it hopefully will apply what you said. Um, if you guys have any questions for Ricky or you want to find him on social media, where can they find you at?
0: Anywhere. Just search Ricky Carruth, but... Um, really, um, you know, if you're a real estate agent, I have the Facebook group Zero to Diamond. Um, I have two books, Zero to Diamond and List to Last on Amazon, um, zero to diamond.com You can find all my stuff there, but definitely follow me on, uh, YouTube and Instagram, just Ricky Carruth and just reach out if you have any questions. I'll be super glad to correspond and, and help you through any struggles that you have.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you, man. I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy, and uh, I appreciate the half hour you took out of your day for us. And so, everybody, I hope you guys have an awesome day. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have a chance, please rate this podcast on iTunes if you liked it, and we'll talk to you guys soon.
0: This episode of the Service Industry Podcast has ended, but be sure to check out our other episodes. Please subscribe to the podcast if it has brought you any value. And as always, Don't forget to rate and review the show. Does your home service business need help getting new customers? Matt's company, Service Industry Marketer, can help. Service Industry Marketer specializes in print marketing, Google AdWords management, and Facebook ad management. Visit serviceindustrymarketer.com for more information. See you in the next episode.